you for this opportunity that we have to come together. We thank you for those that have prayed, those that have sung, and those that have worshipped through giving. We thank you for those that have come out to fellowship with us in lifting up your name. And now as we look into your word, we ask that you will just reveal your glory at another level to us. And that we will be glorified in you and you in us. And that we will bless your name. For this is the season by which you have sent the precious gift of your son to us. That we may be reconciled back to you. So we thank you. We honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before we go uh, into the message, I want to let everyone know that starting, I believe, on the 13th of December, that we... These um, uh, videos that you saw, we actually post them on Facebook every day. So every day there'll be one of those 12 all the way up till Christmas Eve. So if you want to share them with family or anybody like that, those 12, uh, 12 questions of Christmas, as they call it, will be available for you to share. And we would definitely like for you to share it because I think it's, I think it's something that even y'all old folks don't know. Now, I ain't talking about me. I'm talking about y'all old folks. Yeah, yeah. All y'all <laughs> old folks. But with that being said, let's, let's look into what we have for today. We're going into our second episode of our series, Emmanuel, God with us. And one of the things that I want to point out about this time in this, of the year is that there are two extremes. One extreme is that everybody likes to be given, and the other extreme is everybody likes to be selfish. Exactly. They don't want to give nobody nothing. They want to get everything for themselves. And we want to find that balance of in the middle. Uh, a story just came to my mind that... Uh, the person listening to this is going to be mad at me for, for expressing it, but I looked and I saw my mom, and so it reminded me of my baby sister every Christmas. Now, y'all laughing. I know I don't like, y'all know I don't like using infinitives. So I'll say almost every Christmas she got a whooping. And what did she get a whooping for? Because she didn't get everything she wanted. And she, I mean, you could, you could have got her 90% of everything because what our parents would do is we used to get this J.C. Penney's Christmas catalog. And you could go through the catalog and you got a chance to circle and put your initials next to what you wanted. Well, my little sister, you know, almost every page had her initials on it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but she could get nine of the ten things that she wanted. And then you knew what was getting ready to happen. It, I remember one Christmas, we was all excited. My brother and I was excited. We was like, she's not going to get a whooping. We got over to my grandma's house. And she cut up and she got it. So that became, you know, how every family has their traditions. That was my baby sister's tradition, to get a whooping every Christmas. But some people are, even as adults, they use Christmas as this time for themselves. And I was just looking at a commercial last night. Uh, I can't remember what car dealer it was, but folks were 
the car had a uh, uh, tag on it, and it said from James to James on the vehicle. Because some folks really don't concern themselves with sharing. And on the other side, we see as you walk around to all the retail stores, you'll see or you'll hear the bell of the Salvation Army volunteers and the red kettle and the opportunity to go and deposit some coins in there to help the Salvation Army out with their processes of taking care of folks. So there's times then there's people that seem to be nicer during Christmas time. There's, seen, there's people that seem to be more forgiving when you cut them off when you're driving or it just seems to be a time where folks want to be nicer during Christmas time. And as we're looking into our scriptures, remember last week we were in John, the first chapter, talking about how God had set up this situation before time had began. And in John, the first chapter, starting at the first verse, it says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And we discovered that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. And we talked about how no matter what situation you're in, God is with you. And because God is with you, you have the ability to overcome whatever situation that you're in. In this episode, we're going to be in Luke, the second chapter, starting at that first verse. In Luke, the, first, the second chapter, starting at the first verse, it says this, In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, even to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that had happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in their heart, in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. I want us to look at this set of scriptures and talk about sharing this good news, sharing what Christmas is really about. If we look at how God maneuvered all this, if you're doing your Advent, you learned last night that Jesus was born in a manger. Now, for those of y'all that don't know what a manger is, a manger is the trough that you feed the animals out of. If you don't know what a trough is, that's the little thing that they put the hay and the stuff in to feed the animals. If you don't know what hay is, that's dried out grass that you cut and the animals will eat it. I know some of y'all city folks, so y'all don't even know that. Y'all know, y'all heard of a barn, right? Okay. That's where he was born. But it really wasn't a barn. It was the stable. The stable is where you kept the animals at night to keep them out of the, the weather. Y'all city folks still with me? Yeah. Okay. Only one city folk, but that's all right. But So Jesus was born in a place that no one wants to be born. If you had the opportunity to walk through a stable, you will know that it's the most pleasant smell that you have ever smelled in your entire life. Or I should say the most unforgettable smell. I say pleasant. I didn't mean pleasant. I meant unforgettable smell. It has the old day fecal matter, if you want to call it. Uh, the uh, stink of the horses, the cows, or whatever's in there. So it has a very distinct fragrance. It also has, usually it doesn't have paved floors. It's usually mud because you don't want to get all the stuff on the concrete. But this is where Jesus was born. He was born in a place where no one else would want to be born. In a location where no one else wanted to be located. There are two philosophies to how this situation actually occurred. One is that the devil spoke to Caesar Augustus and told him, you should have every one of the uh, Hebrews go to their location so they can register so that we can understand how we need to tax them. Because 
the devil knew about Mary being pregnant and that was a long trip to be ready to deliver a baby. If, you know, when you're in your ninth month, they don't even like for you to be on no airplane because something can happen. So the, the one philosophy is that the devil's desire was for her to have a miscarriage as she's going to Bethlehem with her fiance to register. Another philosophy is that God already had it all set up because the scripture said that the Savior was going to be born in Bethlehem. Now, if you have 400 years ago been told that the baby was going to be born in Bethlehem, that gave God plenty of time to set everything up for it to happen just like that. Why did the baby need to be born in Bethlehem? Because he was a descendant of David. And as we heard today that Joseph just happened to be a descendant of David. Ain't that something? They get to the city and because the, the, the decree has gone from everybody to come in here, guess what? Everybody was there and it's like when there's a big Clemson football game going on in the area, it's kind of hard to find a room if you're not from the area. And let me show you how the people were, how, how their focus was not on people, but it was on the money. A man comes up to the inn and he says to the innkeeper, he says, listen, my wife is about to deliver at any time we don't have money. Can you please provide us with some room? He's like, I ain't got no room. But my wife, I, she's pregnant and we'll get ready. You got some money? No, I don't have no money. Well, I'll tell you what, you can go out there and I'll get to the stable if you want to to go and get out this weather. Because the innkeeper was all about that dollar. And so we look at this situation where they get into the stable and the contractions become a minute apart. And if you look at this, it wasn't a situation where they had the midwife there. It was only Mary, Joseph, and the animals. And she has this baby. And they were so alone, so by themselves, so out of the ordinary, that it says that she had to wrap him in swaddling clothes because there was nobody else there to do it. All alone. Heaven is celebrating. Everybody's excited because the king is in the earth. Now let me tell y'all something about these shepherds. Nobody liked the shepherds. 
Because the shepherds had a pleasant odor also. I mean, unpleasant odor also, because they was always around the sheep. They was considered less than because they couldn't go to the synagogue because they had to be tending the sheep. So because they couldn't go to the church services, they were considered less than. They were considered sinners because they couldn't follow the normal rites of the church. And because of that, they were just less than. They was a little bit above the Samaritans, but they were still less than. But as we look at the scripture, who do the angels come to? Who do the angels show up for? The less than folks. The folks that the church considered the sinners. That's who they came for. The folks that they considered wasn't worth anything. That's who got the announcement of the king of glory showing up. They heard the news and I'm suspecting that they were sitting there like, why are you coming to us? We're just shepherds. And then one of the shepherds said, well, let's go verify what they said is true. And so they go and they find the baby. And all they can come and say is, the angels told us about this. And we're just celebrating with y'all because the angels told us about this. And then the most significant thing happens. Not only did they tell Mary and Joseph about this, but they went out and told everybody about the good news. The sinners going out and declaring the good news that Jesus is here. The king has shown up. The king has showed up. And it became this great news, this great joy for everyone that would listen. So the real thing about Christmas is that we should be sharing the news that Jesus has come in order to redeem us. And it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. The fact is he came just for you. As we talked about earlier, it's around this time of the year, a lot of folks focus on what they can do for themselves. But we want to declare that let's share the goodness of what Jesus has done. This is as good a time as any. Most folks are open at this time to talk. And, you know, we happen to go to another part of the United States, and I was telling my wife, I said, we're not in the South anymore because I went to speak to this one lady, and she got scared because I spoke to her. And I said, they're not used to people speaking to them. You know, in the South, everybody speaks to everybody. Hey, hey, hey. But we, I tried that. She was like, she didn't know what to say. She just kind of looked. I was like, okay, messed her up. So we should use this time to tell folks Jesus is the reason for this season. And it doesn't have to do with the weather. It happens to do with the time. It happens to do with where you are in your life. You need to know that Jesus is here for you. He died for you. But in order for him to die, he had to be born and he had to live in order for us to be reconciled 
back to God. Let's look at what God has done in order for you to know him personally. Let's look at this really quickly. If the Son of God would come all this way to become a real person to you, which he did, don't you think that his spirit would have or his spirit would do anything in its power to cause you to know Jesus as a real person in your heart? Don't you think the Spirit of God will reveal his glory to you? Don't you think the Spirit will convict you to live in a way that would show that he is real to you? Christmas is a time that we can be like those shepherds and know who Christ is personally. That we can get this personal revelation of who he is. Not that it's just a concept, not that it's just an abstract thought, but it's a personalization that Jesus wants to be your friend. And not only be our friend, but we should be the people that want to tell others about who Jesus is. This is the time of year where you should be, in, we can have the opportunity to invite folks because it's Christmas time. Won't you come celebrate the Lord with me? It's Christmas time. Let's go and celebrate him together. And so my challenge to you for the rest of this month is ask God for who to let who would be a good person for you to invite to come to church with you so that y'all can celebrate Jesus together. I'm giving you a moment to think about it. And last but not least, if you have not accepted Jesus as your friend, as the savior of your soul, today is a good day to make that happen in your life. Today is a good day to realize that he came just for you. He, God picked a young lady who lived far away from where Jesus was predicted to be born because she had a willing heart. And if you've been doing your Advent, you know that she had a cousin who was an older lady who had a baby who is the forerunner of Jesus. Y'all remember what his name is? John the Baptist. John. They called him John the Baptist. Born in this long, born in this faraway land and traveled 
and was kept by God so that she would not miscarry or have anything happen to her and had the baby in the location that was discussed 400 years before. Because God had this all planned out. God has a plan for our lives. God has set up this situation so that even today that you can know him better. He has set it up so that you can get a better understanding of who he is and how much he cares specifically for you. Now, I understand that we all have some problems. We all have some things that we're going through. However, God says, if you cast your cares upon me, I care for you. There's a saying that I don't totally agree with. The saying is, God will not put more on you than you can bear. I don't totally agree with that. I think that God will put no more on you than he can bear. Y'all hear what I said? God will put no more on you than he can bear. Because in our weakness, guess what? That's when God is made strong. When we get to the point where we feel, Lord, I just give up. You got to do something. He steps in and guess what he does? Amen. Something. But a lot of times we get in the way and we try to help God to help us and we mess up what God is trying to do to help us. But as Mary told, she said, let it be done unto me as you have said and became the mother of the Savior. We have to humble ourselves under what God has planned for us and allow him to use the situation to cause us to depend on him in a greater manner. I know y'all heard that expression before. I know it's messing with your head right now. But that's because we thought we had some ability. We ain't got no ability. I'm just want to tell you. Our ability just get us jacked up. But when we lean totally on God and we trust him and our confidence is in him, we realize that he's got everything already worked out. So today I want to just exhort you to, to understand that this is a time that we should be sharing the love of God even more. We should be helping people to know that God has come in order to help them to overcome whatever it is that they're going through and that they have victory in Jesus. We looked at those shepherds and we've looked at Mary and Joseph and we looked at the innkeeper and we've seen all these different perspectives. But the one perspective that I, I want to bring out is the angels. Can you imagine hearing this plan of all how this redemption process was going to happen and finally get an opportunity to celebrate it. 
I don't know, I'm not a very big celebratory person, uh, but for those of y'all that are excited about birthdays, how many of y'all excited about birthdays? You ain't got to raise your hand. But my point is, folks that are excited about birthdays, like my daughter, start planning their birthday at least six months out. And then as it gets closer, they're counting it down, and they're like, oh, I got five months. Oh, I got four months. Oh, I got three. I got two. I got 30 days. I got 29 days, 28, 27. They make this thing, and you just like, Lord, can his birthday get here soon enough? That's how the angels were. They were like, when is this redemption time coming? When is this going to occur? And then it finally gets here, and so they go out, and guess who they go to first? They go not to the priests, not to the folks that have had this inkling of it, they go to the lowest of the lows and say, hey, hey, shepherds, guess what? The Redeemer is here. And this is where you can find him. And this is what he's going to do. And then they just start having a praise break up in the clouds. And they just glorifying God. They're celebrating because it has finally come. If we could understand how miraculous, how important it is for our lives and celebrate the fact that I have Jesus in me who is the hope of glory, who is the, the reason why I'm able to endure and overcome anything that comes my way, I believe that will change our ability to be upset and feeling down about our situations. Because we know that God will get the glory and that he will work everything out for our good. So I de my desire is for us to grab hold of this excitement like the angels and tell somebody that Jesus came just for them. Y'all hear me? Jesus came just for them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you cause situations to occur, that your word would become true. And that what you had said 400 years previously would come to pass, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem, which is the city of David. And because he is a descendant of David, as your word has said, that your seed would come through the seed of kingship. And that he would be a king like none others. And that his throne will be established for generations. So we thank you, God, for your word and that your word being validated. And that we can grab hold of your word and know that it's true. That you will not allow your word to become void, but that it will accomplish that which you set it out for. Give us wisdom in order to go forth and touch the lives of those that you have placed in our hearts, that you will be glorified in all things. We thank you for it all in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.